Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 71 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Rich Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, sometimes filmmaker, generally pretty sound. <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> How are you? I'm alright, how are you? Good, yeah, I'm good. I'm very happy that we're back in the habit of being in the same room for minisodes. I feel like Me the natural too. I feel like the natural order of things have been restored. Very much so. Feeling much better yeah, about these yeah, things. Yeah. It's good to see you. Yes, you too. And how has your week been? Because we recorded on Monday this week, so I feel like it's been a wee while. It has been a wee while. Uh, happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah you mm-hmm. celebrated your 33rd birthday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yesterday, Friday. Yeah. yeah for, obviously, that's somewhat timestamping what we're doing here, but yes, it is Saturday morning yep noon on saturday looking incredibly uh bright-eyed yes yeah yeah um a i bit. would imagine if we were recording this tomorrow that would not be the case uh that is potentially true yes <laughs> yeah yeah we are heading out tonight for a little while hey uh yeah no but yeah uh very good birthday a week that started out very stressful got incrementally less so and now i'm feeling a lot better yeah i'm feeling okay although obviously as we know we're now ticking down to baby day yes uh Stuart junior's arrival day creeping up yeah 12 days to... 12 days <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck 12 days wow yeah. so have you been squeezing any view in this week obviously i understand that things are getting a little bit hectic yeah but yeah made any time for anything yeah, well, I mean, Wednesday night was a write-off because I was out doing some stuff, some film-related stuff, actually. Ooh. Uh, so uh, Thursday, also a bit of a write-off because Wednesday left me with a hangover. Right, sure. Um, but I did manage to squeeze in the first episode of Marianne. Now, I really want to get to this. I am in the middle of watching a couple of series just now and don't want to start another one. <laughs> did you finish Stranger Things? No, we'll get to that in a sec. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, pe- people are going crazy for this. So yeah. uh, so it was the first episode you watched. What yeah. were First off, what? it about and second what were your impressions so this is netflix isn't it, it is netflix yeah it's a french production mm-hmm. yeah it's about a writer who's kind of haunted by our most famous creation kind of causing her some discomfort at night right okay. <laughs> things like that right uh keeping her awake um and she kind of gets to the point where she's kind of over being a, a, a writer now and and, and the kind of knock-on effect on her life that these characters that she's created are having that she decides she's going to pack in writing Okay. Um, various things happen and she's kind of pulled back towards her hometown. Okay. Um, and it escalates from there. It's really good. Yeah, people are yeah, saying that this really is good. Uh, scarier than Hill House, so the kind of things that people are lobbing around. Yeah, it is scary. Um, it's constantly packed with dread, like just layer upon layer of pure dread. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of the most impressive horror shows. I mean, it's early days, I suppose. I haven't I haven't got to the end. It could all unravel pretty quickly and fall apart into a pile of shit. This is, I mean, it's true, yeah. But certainly, so far, I mean, it makes me want to come back for more. Okay. I think since I've saw you today, I've told you about three or four things I'm planning on watching this weekend, but I really don't know when I'm going to squeeze the ball in because after this moment, this weekend's looking quite action-packed. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I'm going to make time for an, at least another couple of episodes, I think. Cool. Okay, great stuff. Um, yeah, is that's that, is that... really, really it. 
Okay. Uh, I really want to... Uh, I, I don't know why I want to, but I really want to see Annabelle Comes Home. Really? Yeah. It's... <laughs> You see, I yeah, I, I noticed that um, yeah, Annabelle uh, Creation has recently turned up on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, and uh, I almost watched it this week actually because, despite the fact that I hate Annabelle, right. that I like cannot be doing it with Annabelle, as like my opinions on one of our offshoot films are is well kind of established yes. on this podcast yeah. at this point. But uh, yeah, everybody keeps saying that uh, David F. Sandberg's second one was really good and I think that people were generally pretty okay with uh, Annabelle Comes Home as well. Yeah, but I've heard, I've just been from cruising around on Twitter, it seems, I don't know if it's due out soon or something, but there seems to be, or due out on like home, home release, video or whatever, yeah. but there seems to be a kind of uptick lately of people talking about it. Okay, again. that's possible. I mean, I think it's that would, that would the maths on that would check out, I would say. Yeah, so I'm now like, right, Let's do this. Let's get Annabelle comes home watch. <laughs> Interesting. Um, as you touched on earlier, I am still very tentatively making my way through Stranger Things at the moment. <laughs> I did. I did. I watched two more. Um, so I am now halfway through. Right. Okay. I'm really enjoying it. Really right, enjoying okay. it. I think it is kind of weird how everything about it feels like it's been characterized by a factor of maybe two or three. Yeah. Like yeah, um, everything. Like even like, like you said, Hopper, Steve. Hopper is the thing that I'm struggling with the most. I think that like he feels way too cartoonish to me. Right. Uh, that's still a sticking point for me, and I don't find it very funny. I generally, it's kind of like when people said that that film, you know, Sideways, the film. Uh-huh, uh-huh. When people were like, oh, it's like this comedy classic. It's like this film depresses the shit out of me. I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's really, really sad. And I kind of feel like that about Hopper. I think a lot of the stuff that you see him doing that's played for laughs is actually just kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit cold on that, but generally really enjoying it. Like I say, this kind of like hyper-reality thing that they're doing with it is generally working for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like the fact that it's it's getting scarier as it goes on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the closing scene of the episode that I just watched, the one that I just, I'm not going to say too much about it, but it involved uh, Max's brother, is it Billy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, in, a, in a family dining room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, like just, yeah, really sure. like really scary really great um yeah i um i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it a lot and i want to burn through it so i can start marianne yeah <laughs> uh elsewhere i didn't do a great amount of viewing this week but i did just because kind of like we're still obviously we're kind of still post fright fest we're still talking about that uh-huh. a little bit we're also kind of now keeping one eye on celluloid screams as well sure um mm-hmm. So I'm very much in film festival mode at the moment, and uh, it's kind of prompted me to revisit really good in-cinema festival experience films. Uh-huh. And I did that this week, and I'm not going to talk about it too much because I've talked about it on the show before, I'm pretty sure, but I watched The Guest this week. Right, um, okay, fucking hell. It's... I think that's the third or fourth time you've talked about The Guest. Yeah, and it's probably about the 18th or 19th time that I've watched it in life because I absolutely love it. But I, watch, I watched it, and I, I still think it's great, obviously. But what that did kind of prompt me to do was to disappear down uh, Adam Wingard, Simon Barrett, like, pre-Blair Witch rabbit hole. Well, how far did you go back? Did you go back, back as far as A Horrible Way to Die? I did go back as far as A Horrible wow. Way to Die. fuck. Okay. Um, which I'm going to talk about last, for reasons that will become apparent. Um, okay. So, uh, but yeah, no, so I so I watched The Guest, and um, I watched Your Next, which I have routinely recommended to people who are kind of looking for a good, like, Friday night thing for horror. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly people who don't necessarily... Uh, for people who don't necessarily watch a lot of horror as well. I think that it's like a good entry level one because it's just mad enough. 
<laughs> it's just mad enough to work. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And um, yeah, I really love that film. I really, really love it. And um, that was, uh, I remember that was the first night I was ever at Fright Fest London. Oh, really? I saw them in the, I saw it so in... So was that the, 2013? 2013 in the big Empire screen. Yeah. Uh, with everybody kind of cheering the uh, blender death and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it was, or the kind of whisks death and all that kind of thing. And it was amazing. And yeah, I did, I did go back as far as A Horrible Way to Die, which I think is really cool to watch now when you see what they've both gone on to do. Right, yeah. Uh, with this kind of like really rough around the edges but really fucking horrible, nasty thing. AJ is fucking great in that as well. Yes, former guest AJ Bowen, absolutely brilliant. In fact, that whole cast in that is uniformly excellent. Aye, yes, you're quite right. But yeah, I mean, like, all three of those films are really worth checking out, I think. like I, I, I think the, the guests are riot in a kind of like fun, kind of uh, Bourne meets Halloween meets Terminator kind of way. Uh, your next is just, uh, I, I really love uh, single location horror stuff but it's also got like an on like it's like it's got some really nasty moments but it's also really really funny because you're, uh, you're next you're next kind of sat on the shelf for two years before yeah, it's not like a day yeah, didn't it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's it's i think that's a great film and i i think that like yeah i think that for people who are kind of like looking for an entry point into the genre i think it's not a bad one no 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 i would agree um, it's a lot of fun uh, and uh yeah and a horrible way to die is great in a much greater way uh but both of those two films have a great performance also from amy simetz yes on that subject I'm going to explain, but it's time to go into the next part. Of the show? Yeah. Uh, uh... Mitch, what's your waves 100? I did. So, uh, I caught up with Pet Cemetery this week, the original Pet Cemetery. All right, all right. Uh, I see how you, uh, okay that's, that seems like a, a, a bit of a leap it's a stretch a yes a, yeah. uh, so obviously I saw the Pet Cemetery remake first got to say Mitch not one of your better segues <laughs> no I don't suppose but no Amy Simon's of course the star of uh, the Pet Cemetery remake or one of the stars of the yes, Pet Cemetery remake yeah. the Cole um, Schwidmeyer joint yes the Cole Schwidmeyer joint correct um, so I caught up with the original this past week ah um, as, I, as I approach okay. the 90th percentile of the uh, Shotways 100 um, I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Did I ever tell you that? Uh, occasionally. I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of you too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really like this. I really like the original. I now, while I think that Pet Cemetery 2019 is a kind of unobjectionable film, uh-huh. I now understand a little bit more about what bothered people about it. Okay. Because I do kind of feel like there's a certain kind of like spirit and charm to the original one that is a little bit absent from the new one. And uh, so I do understand that a little bit more. I still think that the, I, the the new one is like a solid six and a half out of ten. This is fine type experience. But I do understand a little bit more about why people are slightly, like, slightly more precious about it than I am. Right. But I do I, I do still think there's room in the world for the Cole Schwedmeyer one. I just also wish that the next thing that they did after Starry Eyes was another original idea because I love Starry Eyes so much. Right. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, that was it this week. Uh, the just the one again on the shortwaves. I th- I'm kind of thinking just now the way things are going that one a week's acceptable. That's fine, Mitch. I think as long I, as I I'm will get- let that, I will tolerate that. I think as long as I'm getting one on the scoreboard, because yeah. I was kind of looking and it, it, it like that should have us finishing it up around about the end of the year if I <laughs> can stay on it at the cool. rate that I'm on right now. Also, uh, just while while I was doing that, I also uh, I couldn't sleep the other night, so I was doing some really weird podcast admin, uh, and I also looked to see when our 100th episode would be. Right. Circa the 15th of May. Really? Yeah. Run about there? Yeah. Run about there, that right. time? So uh, that's assuming that we don't miss any weeks apart from the two that we took off last year. But then, d- d- depending on whether we throw any bonus swords in run about that time, that'll be over 200 episodes by that point. It will be. Yeah. It will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots and lots of stuff. Fucking hell. But, moving on. 
what have they been saying? Oh, nice. Um, so they've been saying some pretty interesting stuff this week once again. Right. Um, a lot of it centering around this past week's film, which was, of course, nothing but trouble. Big huh. thank you, of course, to Brett and Drew Pierce, the directors of Deadheads and The Wretched, joining us to talk about that. That was a really good time. Yeah, incredibly glad to have rewatched Nothing But Trouble. I, too, am glad that I've seen it. Yeah. I also had it on while I was editing the other night as well. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, maybe I was in my head I was using it as some kind of inspiration, but uh, I think I just kind of wanted to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. A lot, well, a decent amount of feedback coming in about this one. Big Bad Wolf on Twitter, I love Nothing But Trouble. It was one of the slew of odd films that came out that I loved and nobody else seemed to get. See also <laughs> Conehead, Strange Brew, The Hidden, and Street Trash. <laughs> Um, at this point, our old pal Dan Gaskell weighed in to point out to uh, Big Bad Wolf that we also have an episode in Street Trash, of course, with Melanie White. We do, yeah, going back a fair way now. Back yeah, to, about 40 weeks. Yeah, start of the year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hop onto Instagram, mm-hmm. and we have Drippo55 okay. uh, getting in touch to say, Why this movie gets so much hate, I'll never know. Some of the sets are fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. Hundred percent. Yep. Yep. And keep your eyes open for a young Tupac. A couple of people getting in touch talking about the young Tupac. Actually, another one who did was Kenel. Oh, yep. At Cola K. Kenel mm-hmm. getting in touch saying eyes out for Tupac's cinematic debut, <laughs> and also taking the time to credit Tupac as the number two. Pack, which is what he's credited as in the film. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, also, Dan Gasco getting in touch. I haven't listened to the brand new Strong Violent PC yet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I'd like to think he has by now. But I'm intrigued to hear the discussion on Nothing But Trouble, a movie that resulted in me pretty much doing the following when it was over, and uh, he included a gif of an exasperated looking Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Jack Star Grundy. The man himself. The man himself. Brett, Brett Pierce getting in touch to say, I love this movie, and he had a blast on the podcast. Well, I'm glad he had a good time. Obviously, it was established that he had uh, loved the film already, but I'm glad he had a good time on the show. Also, one of my favourite bits of spam Instagram commenting this week comes from from Uptown Entertainment Darwin. Okay. And they just said, nice. Back at you, Uptown Entertainment Darwin. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Salter Popcorn on Twitter Shame on Andy Make Stuff for this week's Strong Violent PC what? Nobody decided to push Watchfire's Mitch once again into the territory of his Gears and Clockworks loving happy place Oh yeah Yeah sorry about that much A great chat about a movie I rate exactly 5 out of 10 I would also enjoy seeing a darker cut Also yeah. said uh, Listening now I enjoyed Deadhead so good to be reminded that I need to check out The Wretched uh, Kevin yeah you do I really recommend that film I had a really good time with it yeah. Moving away from nothing but trouble into the realms of general things. Ooh, general things, okay. Yeah, Stevie at Film Fan Stevie getting in touch to say, changing things up this morning, listening to the latest episode of Strong Violent PC at Cousin Bloomsbury. Oh! With a coffee before watching Ad Astra. Ooh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that somewhere in the Cousin's Zoho was just one lonely cafe worker just like looking at his watch forlornly wiping tables. Yeah. Glancing out the window every now and again for Stevie's head bobbing by. Still not letting people sit in his chair. Yeah, and just yeah. being generally... I mean, maybe they think he's dead. I'd hazard a guess that he's maybe been back by now. Oh, yeah. yeah, that, yeah that, I guess that does make more sense than anything. Um, we, had a, we had a feedback suggestion this week, and we're very open to these. Yeah. So I want to say a quick thank you to Andre Martins. Yeah, Callahan. I'm going to throw my hands up to this. This was my fault. This was on me. Uh, no, but like, and we have done it a couple of times, but he just said a minor complaint. Don't spoil the best pitch joke in the episode title, no matter how good it is. Besides that, the episode made my day on the way to work. Andre, we have taken that on board. Completely agree. It won't happen again. Yeah, now we need to find other funny things to say that uh, can 
take up a Minnesota title. Oh, yeah, is this one just going to be called It Won't Happen Again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Cut to Monday, something about a dick joke. <laughs> we have had yet more chat this week about Secret Obsession. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Uh, it won't go away. Uh, this week, James Duffy uh, on Twitter right. said that he was watching it. And uh, needless to say, uh, John McPhail weighed in. Noted secret obsession uh, advocate. He just comes right up out of the woodwork. Then he comes, it's like rising damp. I feel like we should do a show on secret obsession with John. Just get John back and just do just an talk episode about with secret John obsession. Where we do secret obsession. Who wants to hear us doing a show with John about secret obsession? Show of hands. Let us know. John's hand rises. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I'm not going to say too much about it because it was another long conversation oh, about right, it. Sure, right, but uh, yeah. Kevin Matthews did say, I love that. Unlike Candyman, you only have to say Secret Obsession once for John McPhail to appear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I have one more general thing. Right. Uh, and then I'm tapped, I think. Kim Morrison, Wicked Sister 69 on Twitter. Cleaning my kitchen like a boring old person on a Friday night, but catching up on old strong violent PC minisodes that I've missed and whistling along to the Mitch's Pitches thinking music. And uh, just a picture there of uh, the uh, radio where I can see that Kim was listening to Minnesota 67, Unexpected Apprentice Dentist. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. But, see, like, what's she been doing? <laughs> just a busy woman not everybody can free up 40 minutes of their day on a Monday I don't, but, uh, I don't know you feel like you don't know her anymore she'll be hearing for me <laughs> on this. anything else Resident Evil ooh Michael Parks episode episode 70 yeah now you made a call during the episode that Michael Park made the frankly preposterous suggestion <laughs> that the liquor had in fact spawned from mutated lab rabbits yes no, we. I think we laughed them out of the room, or we certainly, maybe not laughed them out of the room, but we certainly greeted it with said, some. Uh, no, no, you are wrong. Sit down. Yeah, <laughs> all the same. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Doctor Lauren McIntyre. So when I saw Doctor Lauren McIntyre posting a photo of the liquor alongside the rabbit, I thought, oh fuck, uh-huh. fuck, we are wrong. We've been scienced. Yeah, we've been scienced out the building. But I don't think we have. Okay. Because Dr. Lauren McIntyre says, Catching up on Strong Violent PC, to be honest, I always assumed the liquor was supposed to be the rabbit. Oh. So coming down on the same side as Michael. Okay. Concerning for us. Uh, yeah, yeah, given, yeah. Given our behaviour. Uh, the anatomy similar, and who knows what the fuck else Umbrella had been doing to the poor buns. But then again... I don't make T-viruses for a living. This is very true, although... Unfortunate. Um, uh, yeah, so the, this, obviously, this this uh, prompted um, a fairly long Twitter discussion uh, with a couple of people getting involved and uh, Lauren calling for, I believe, academic backup. Yeah, well, the academic backup was kind of fell more on our side. I think the, the general gist of it, and I'm about to get science here, I know how everybody loves, <laughs> but I delve into the realms of science. Okay, just putting, gen- putting, your, putting your lab coat back on. <laughs> But uh, no, yeah, generally, what, I've, what I gleaned from it, Mitch, was that physiologically, yeah. in terms of the body, there's a possibility, a loose possibility, but there is no way that the head belongs to a rabbit. Right, okay, okay, cool. Right, that's fine. I'm glad that Lauren called for uh, some more, some, some, uh, a, a second pair of eyes on the situation. So, no more feedback from Andy. Uh, no, I am also tapped, I believe. Well, I say that. It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. So Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. Well, 
while we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will have removed the title and the tagline, any identifying text. He'll have left only the image. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and also give the film a title or a synopsis. We will also put this all over our social media channels so you guys can play it along at home, which a few of you did last week with The Howling 2. Correct, yes, yes. Uh, your sister is a werewolf or a stirba werewolf bitch. <laughs> stirba werewolf bitch is my favourite. By the way, again, can I just say, last week was fucking amazing. Uh, yes, it was uh, It was pretty remarkable stuff. So, we actually had a fair amount of feedback about that, which hasn't made its way into the feedback section. No, just loads of people. I, like, I, I'm always a little bit wary of putting in things that are just people paying compliments, although it's more compliments to the listeners and to us I guess but yeah. loads of people got in touch saying that the pictures were amazing um, yeah so that was reappropriated by me as Disco Inferno Earth, Wind, Fire and Brimstone well remembered <laughs> um, and uh, people showing up in their droves well not droves but there were certainly some yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, to uh, get pitching on this one as well so like I said fair few here uh, Hannah under- uh, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter when trying to fit in amongst the prey makeup is a monster's best friend in MLM shocker Swarm of the Huns 2 DM me for details <laughs> Salted Cop <Ugh. laughs> Salted Cockporn Salted Cockporn uh, Salted Popcorn on Twitter when young Lorelai Wallaheyahu finds some what? joke fangs on one Halloween, she finds herself in a predicament where they won't come out again after her spell of trick-or-treating. What's worse, she's supposed to be maid of honour the next day at the wedding of her BFF, Penny Furtots. <laughs> Furtots? Furtots? The fake teeth are cursed, turning Lorelai into a bloodthirsty naked demon in the exploitative 1985 Empire Pictures release of Wedding Nashers. <laughs> After all that. Uh, I like that quite a bit. C.P. Buckley, carrying on the uh, format of names, his naming convention, after Lisa Polisa last week. Right. After the murder of her husband, Hans Hansen, (laughs) Rita is lost and alone. She discovers a mysterious cult who say they can bring the dead back to life. She joins and is met by their leader, the mysterious Vamp Irish. Right. (laughs) He tells her he can give her the gift and bites her, turning into a vampire. She leaves thinking the group are some kind of weird sex cult, but the change has already begun. As she makes her way home, she's attacked by a wild animal and bitten. The animal, as it turns out, is a werewolf. She wakes up the next day with an insatiable thirst that she cannot seem to quench. She realises the cult turned into a vampire, but there's something else. She returns to the cult to find that her husband is also there, that he was turning before he died. Wow, okay, right. (laughs) He was planning to leave her, but figured faking his death was easier. (laughs) In her rage, she starts to change and becomes a werewolf and vampire hybrid and decides that revenge is the best option. In the 1983 classic, A Werewoman Scorned. (laughs) It's very twisty. A couple more. Chris Salt, Oblong Pictures on Twitter. Yes. I'm just bracing for the character name because I think you're going to love it. Right. Finishing up an unsuccessful business trip in the big city. Right. Washed up salesman Byron Get One Free. (laughs) (laughs) Remembers that he still has to find a birthday gift for his teenage daughter. He's left it too late though and all the stores are closed. All except one dingy bric-a-brac emporium in Chinatown where he spies a vintage pair of Ray-Bans that would be just the ticket. Reluctant to part with them at first, the elderly shop owner finally agrees, but not before impressing on him that there are three rules any owner of the glasses must follow. (laughs) First, only clean them with a soft lint-free cloth. (laughs) Second, stir them carefully in a hard case, but not in use. And third, and most importantly, never ever wear them after dark. 
Back home, Byron's daughter is delighted with the gift. He warns her about the cloth in the case, but assuming that the last rule was just because people who wear sunglasses at night look like dicks, he doesn't bother <laughs> mentioning it. <laughs> An admission he soon comes to regret when she pops them on that evening to show them off to the family and transforms into an unstoppable, blood-crazed, crimson-clawed she-thing. <laughs> now Byron must try to save his loved ones from the demonic menace that he himself has unleashed in 1989's Deadly Nightshades. Amazing <laughs> title. It was, was, was a long, long haul for the payoff. Amazing yeah. title. Yeah, I'm happy with it. <laughs> I love that. Tony Constantino, and finally. Ah, right, okay. Yes. When a group of semi-literate jocks travel to Romania for their friend Stag Weekend, incompetent best man Gavin Shagpile books local <laughs> lap dancer Cinnamon Masterclass <laughs> for the Grimm's big send-off. But little does the group know that the insatiably saucy stripper is hiding a terrible secret, and also he's a vampire. <laughs> now as the Transylvanian's bloodlust, oh, he's a vampire. Uh, he's a vampire yeah. ah, see. Now as the Transylvanian's bloodlust slowly begins to consume both the knight and the group, the only person who can put an end to the striptease of terror is local butcher and amateur vampire hunter Geronimo Sandbag. <laughs> <laughs> can Geronimo help Gavin and the rest of the party survive Cinnamon's onslaught before sunrise <laughs> find out in Jim Belushi's poorly considered 1986 directorial debut Accidental Vampire the long sexy masterclass of Sandbag and Shagpile <laughs> <laughs> that concludes the pitches for this week uh, I'm gonna give it to uh, it's tight best pitch I think should go to Tony, although I think best title of the film goes to Chris Salt for Deadly Nightshades. As does best me. Oh, I'm going to split the best character prize. Okay, okay, that's fine. We've got an excess of nothing, so we can. No one's going to be losing out. Yeah, like due with shipping error, we have a we're overstocked on nothing at the moment, so we can, we're in that position. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got to give it to uh, Byron Get One Free uh-huh. and Geronimo Sandbag. Fair play. So, um, a broad sharing of the spoils between Tony and Chris uh, this I week, which I think that, is justifiable. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well done, guys. Well done, everyone. Thank you very much to everybody who got in touch with the pitch this week. As always, we love reading them, hearing them, all that stuff. So, I guess it's my turn. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, on its way. Okay, here we go. Ooh, okay. I like this. Okay, so uh, there is no border on this image. The background is entirely black. Uh, we have a guy who I would speculate is in a cinema <laughs> because he is holding a bag of popcorn and a uh, a drink from a plastic cup or a paper cup. <laughs> the popcorn, the hand that he's holding the popcorn in is heavily bandaged in the style of a mummy and uh, the hand that is holding the, uh, the left hand, which is holding the paper cup full of what looks like Pepsi, Oh. It's kind of like grey and wizen looking. That's bold that you chose Pepsi. Yeah. It's <laughs> the choice of a new generation. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of a grey wizen dead looking hand. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh his face is split evenly down the middle. Uh one kind of looks like kind of regular like there's a fairly intense look on his face. <laughs> I think that's true. He's yeah. looking off to his left and yeah. to our right. And uh yeah, the the left half of his face, like his left, is kind of human looking but still fairly intense. And looking kind of dead eye straight. The right side uh is very much what I would conventionally associate with looking like a vampire. White, bushy eyebrows, um kind of dark lips and kind of like very clean ceramic looking features. Right. 
I think that's just about it. Um, uh, 50-50 split Two-Face Vampire and Regular Man holds cinema goods in a mummified and deadened hand, respectively. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, I will require just a moment. Yeah. Actually, like, a really stupid idea came to me right <clears throat> right away there. So I know I just need to work backwards from the stupid joke. I think I can do this. What is your general food consumption like at the cinema? Do you go in for it at all? Um, I never, never buy like snacks. I right. never buy like popcorn or anything uh-huh. like that. I sometimes get a drink. Uh, if I if I get anything at the cinema, I will have a hot dog. Okay. And in terms of uh, condiments upon your hot dog, what's uh, your preference? I'm a ketchup guy. No, no, no mutard. No mutard. Oh wow. No okay. pas de mutard. Yeah. What about uh, crunchy? Onions? Uh, no. no. No? Not any of that? No? No. Oh, interesting. Pretty straight shooting. In this way. has been a valuable moment of the podcast, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that there was some music playing to distract from that chat. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I'm just about there with this. <laughs> okay. Okay, right. It's October 31st, 1984, and the horror-loving citizens... I was four. Oh, you were four. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's the day I turned four. And the horror-loving citizens of a small Midwest town assemble at the drive-in for their most popular tradition a midnight Halloween screening of the classic vampire mob movie adult musical Fangs, Gangs, and Wangs. <laughs> However, what is usually a hassle-free and lucrative night for cinema manager Geraldo Matinee soon turns deadly when the screening is beset by actual vampires who launch their attack hiding in plain sight amongst the cosplaying cinema-goers. Right, okay. With hours till sunrise, it's down to Geraldo and plucky popcorn dispenser Pops Butterkiss to stop the madness. <laughs> Before it's too late, in the latest addition to the much-loved anthology series, Drive-In of Death 4, Box Office Stakings. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby and die. Oh, I really like that. Thanks. Ah, yeah, a cross between from Dust Till Dawn and Demons. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Uh, get, hit us up, uh, Blomhouse. Yeah, <laughs> let's make it happen. It's that cross-universe film you didn't know you needed. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess the time has come. How long am I? Sorry, uh, what year did you say? I said, well, I didn't pick a year for the film, but I set it in 1984. Right, okay. Well, So uh, I guess 85. Let's say 85. Cool. 1980. Oh, okay. Um, and the film was Fade to Black. Oh, that's a good. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. For what's presumably about about something to do with the cinema or film. Well, would you like to know what it's about? Certainly. And who is bringing us a synopsis this week? Who's our synopsizer? Synopsizer for the week is Matt Dash Two Eight Two. Matt Dash Two Eight Two. Lay it on me. Shy, lonely Eric Binford delivers film cassettes and film-related supplies in Los Angeles for a living, but he really exists only to watch movies and immerse himself in fantasies about cinematic characters and stars. Frequently bullied and betrayed, Eric comforts himself by pretending to be one of the many tough heroes and villains who have captivated him from the silver screen. However, his sanity takes a turn for the worse and he launches grotesque murders, all patterned after characters and incidents from his beloved movies. He becomes known as the Celluloid Killer, one of the most horrifying murderers this city has ever known. Excellent! Excellent. It's Fade to Black and a Good. It is good, sir. It sounds great. It is good, sir. Yeah, no, that does sound good. Good synopsis as well. Thank you. Uh, big Matt thank you to Matt282. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delivering the kids. Matt Dash282. That image is now everywhere. I'm pretty sure that you can all do better than Driving of Death 4 box office stakings. Get in touch. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's everywhere. Go check yeah. it out. Join in. 
So, I uh, guess it's time to take a quick look at the streaming platforms this week then, and there's a lot of stuff. I do actually, right, I wouldn't put an appeal out for this, right? Because I've got good resources for everything except Amazon Prime. And right. I keep on, and all, all the lists that I have for what's coming to Amazon Prime look comprehensive, but always miss stuff. Like, I didn't know Rocksteady Row was there, and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've got nothing for Amazon Prime this week, but that's not to say that it isn't there. But if anyone's got a thing that they use for that, let me know, because uh, I, it's the only one that I can't really show up week yeah, to week. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't really know how it works, because you can pretty much just upload stuff to Amazon Prime yourself. Yeah, so it's difficult to keep tabs on. Yeah, I mean, remember the day when Let the Copsies Tan just arrived and it kind of was just there, there was no fanfare, yeah, nothing like that. It's quite difficult to keep an eye on, but if anyone has any tips for that, I would love to hear them. However, uh, lots of good stuff coming elsewhere. Uh, so Sky <laughs> Cinema this past week saw the premiere of American Horror Story 1984, so that's there now. Yeah, it's on Fox, a new episode every week. Yep, yep. Uh, apparently the first episode's really good. Cool, cool. I uh, I really don't get on with that show, but uh, I always know that it's kind of like very much a fresh opportunity every season, obviously, because it changes well, so dramatically. Well, I'm prepared more than previous series to give this one a try. Okay, I, I I don't know, I, I, I'm at my 80s nostalgia tipping point, but oh, maybe. Of course, yeah. um, 25th September, we have Lords of Anarchy, not to be confused with Lords of Chaos or indeed Sons of Anarchy. Um, a synopsis there is, fathers in a remote town walk out on their families one by one, leaving a trail of resentment behind them. Starring James Franco, Rashida Jones, and the most famous Wahlberg, Jeffrey Wahlberg. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is he a is he a Wahlberg? I'm actually not sure. It's spelled this. It's spelled the same way. 26th September, we have the Night Sitter, which people seem to be really into. Actually, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, a con artist targets a wealthy paranormal investigator by posing as a babysitter, but gets more than she bargained for when she gets some visitors from the other side. <laughs> That was like fun. Uh, moving across to Shudder, a couple of things on there. 23rd, Painted Black. The death of Michael leaves behind two women he loved, his mother and his girlfriend, who each blame the other for his suicide. Joined by their grief, they are drawn into a twisted relationship. Ooh. Sounds pretty interesting to me. 23rd, The Borderlands. Oh, The Borderlands is excellent. It's superb. Again, the synopsis makes it sound really by the numbers. A group of Vatican investigators research an old church rumoured to be the site of a miracle. It's so much better than it sounds. It really is. You, sh- you should watch The Borderlands. Yeah, it's it's really, really great from 2013. That's one, one of the best uh, found footage films I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's great. It's, yeah. Re- it's, it's really, really great. Um, 26th on Shutter, we've also got the series premiere of... Creep show? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, of, of course, uh, carrying on in the vein of the films, uh, we have an anthology series for Shudder uh, directed by uh, people like uh, Roxanne Benjamin, sure. yep. Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini, people like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the first couple of those um, are out September 26th, and I think that it's kind of a couple every week or so up to Halloween. Right, okay. Uh, so, yep. Yeah, uh, so, there's those. Netflix bringing it this week. Netflix really stepping up. 25th, we've got The Return of Glitch. Uh, right. back for series and three of that, that. Synopsis, series three uh, yeah, yeah okay. synopsis of glitch is a police officer in a small town has his life turned upside down when six recently deceased residents return from the dead in perfect health okay um, also on the 25th we have got a film that you talked about just a couple of weeks ago The Man Who Killed Hitler Then the Bigfoot oh it's excellent it's really excellent uh, yeah uh, I haven't seen it yet but I'm going to get to it hopefully this week uh, decades after ending World War II by assassinating Adolf Hitler in an undercover operation unsung American hero Calvin Barr is called upon by the government to hunt down the fabled Bigfoot the carrier of a deadly plague that could destroy humanity <laughs> 27th on Netflix we've got In the Shadow of the Moon in 1988 a police officer is hungry to become a detective and begins tracking a serial killer who resurfaces every nine years but when the killer's crimes defy all scientific explanation the officer's obsession threatens to destroy everything that's just about it for this week a lot of stuff in terms of what the pick of the bunch was going to be got the borderlands and the Uh, man who killed hitler in there 
do you know, I'm just going to say the Borderlands for this week because I think it needs more love than the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. You know what? That's fair. Get on Shutter this week from the 23rd. Check out the Borderlands. It's awesome. Yes. So, uh, unless there's any other business, I guess it's time to turn our attention to this week's show. Yeah. And we have another in-person guest this week. Yeah. Racking them up. I'm yeah, really enjoying just, this. It's just nice having people around. Yeah. It's just nice seeing people. Yeah. <laughs> he is a Scottish writer-director, also used to write for EastEnders. Yes, he did, yeah, yeah. It's Gabriel Robertson, and he is dipping into a franchise that's very close to my heart. Yeah, it's a franchise that you love, and I've got a fair amount of affection for, not so much for the one he's picked, okay. but I can kind of see why he's picked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are worse than the franchise, I will say. But Certainly, we are the fourth one. <laughs> yeah, the fourth one's fucking tub. We're going to go back to 2006 for James Wong's Final Destination 3. Yay! I've been hoping and looking forward to the opportunity to talk about a Final Destination film on this podcast. Is this the first we've done? Yes, it is, yeah. when The first time we did an Andy vs. Mitch episode and it was me, I wanted to do Final Destination 5 and then I realised that everybody loves it as much as I do and I couldn't. But yeah, Gabriel Robertson joining us this week and we are talking Final Destination 3. This is going to be fun. Yeah, awesome. And uh, if you want to get in touch and let us know what you think about that, then there's loads of ways you can do that, of course. Facebook and Instagram, we are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC or email Longer Considerations and uh, musical interludes, uh, Mitch's pitches, poster suggestions, listener choice episode suggestions, and so on to Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com. And you can recap all this information and more at strongviolentpod.com. So that's not all you can find on Strong Violent Pod, Mitch. Is that a fact? Yeah. All the links to our socials on there, all the things you've just said, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find links to our tea Public store if you want to go and buy some T-shirts. You can find live date links. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, uh, yeah, you can find a non-exhaustive list of podcast providers. There's more out there. <laughs> we just haven't compiled them. No, because there really are an awful lot. Yeah, check it out. But I would always say give Podbean a bit of love. Definitely, definitely. Good, Good guys. And while we're on the subject of where you can listen and listening and such things, please... Do just take a minute to jump onto wherever you are listening and leave us a like, uh, a comment, a review, some stars. Yeah, oh, yeah because... I, I mean, any quantity you please, but five. <laughs> yeah, five would be the optimal number. It's I a recommended think. donation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, please, please, please do that because it does help us increase our profile and, and certainly like on iTunes and things like that. The reviews and stars and stuff really do help get the podcast up front and centre. It sure and does. recommended on to people. So please, we if you if nothing else, we would really appreciate some more uh, reviews and stuff on, on iTunes. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who's already done that. Yeah, and a big thank you to everybody for listening as well. Yeah, yeah. This Friday, it's episode 72. Gabriel Robertson joins us. We're talking Final Destination 3. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.